anyone need a handout for the sermon this evening? If you need one of those, we'll get those passed to you real quick. And we are going to dive right in tonight. We get to these verses tonight and we see the disciples have some decisions that they're going to be making. Every one of us makes decisions, don't we? Don't we? You made a decision. What, are you tired? Are you tired? Yeah, I know. It's, it's so rough to sit down all Sunday. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm tired tonight, too. We all make decisions. You made a decision what clothes you were going to wear today. Thank God you decided to wear clothes. That's a good thing this evening. And uh, some of you, you even match. You know what you're doing just a little bit there. You decided to eat breakfast. How many of you ate breakfast today? What did you eat? John, what did you eat? He ate coffee. He, 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 his coffee's that thick. Is it that thick? You just eat right through it. <laughs> no thank you on that one. I, 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 I am starting to get to the point to where my coffee is getting a little darker now. Just a little bit. It's still, it's still not qu quite there, but it's still... The creamer is just so good. God made creamer. I think you got to understand, coffee is probably perfect before the fall of man, but creamer just makes it good. And just because I use half the thing of creamer for a cup of coffee, don't judge me, okay? It's okay. And so that, that's true, too. I think that's true, too. Amen, Gary. Got, and Dr. Pepper stayed perfect somehow. It's probably the, the river of life. That's probably just Dr. Pepper, something like that. That's blasphemy right there. We'll stop. But we all make decisions. You made a decision to come to church tonight. I think that was a good decision. There are many people that should have made that decision that didn't make that decision or thought something else was more important, whatever the case may be. I want you to look with me tonight, Acts chapter 1. We're going to read the rest of the chapter, give you some thoughts. We're going to look at this passage, and it's kind of interesting what the disciples do here. And we'll talk about that a little bit. And then I want to give you, someone gave me years ago, I remember just a couple weeks ago I was talking with someone, and they got some decisions they were going to be making in life and just some principles for making wise decisions. I'm going to also teach this to our young people on Wednesday this week in chapel because I believe that would help them. Wise decisions and making good decisions is a very important thing. Acts 1, verse 12. Then return they unto Jerusalem, so to the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. A Sabbath day's journey would be a half mile or so. It's about a half mile that they went. It says, and when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with Jesus' brothers, his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood up. The guy who denied the Lord, something is changing in him. In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of the names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs be fulfilled, which, was, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us, and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, 
and falling headlong, he bursted asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers of Jerusalem, insomuch as the field is called in their proper tongue, Al-Saddama, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Wherefore of these men, which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of the resurrection. Hey, what were they called to be? What did Jesus call them to be last week? Witnesses, right? And there needs to be one to take Judas's spot as a witness. We see that right here. And they appointed two, Joseph, called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whither of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And this is always interesting to me. And they gave forth their lots. And the lot fell upon Matthias. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. They literally took a small rock and put Matthias' name on one. And uh, he's got three different names here. Joseph. Barsabas, Justice, maybe he got three different little stones in there. No, he probably got one. He had three different names there. They put their names, rolled them around. The first one to come out is the one that they felt that God wanted to be there. They just rolled the dice. If it landed on this, that's what happened. You say, is that the right way? I'm not going to go down that road tonight because they did use lots for different things in the Bible. They did. I do know this, never again is it ever mentioned being done. And I will tell you this as well, that um, in order to be an apostle, Paul sets out the perimeters of it. I know people claim to be apostles so-and-so today, but I'll just help you tonight. There are no apostles today. Apostles had to see Jesus and be called by Jesus. Personally speaking, I do not believe the 12th was Matthias. I believe the 12th was a guy that on Damascus Road ran into a light. And that light changed his life, and he became a witness all over the world. And I believe that Paul is the 12th apostle. So, did they do this wrong? I don't know. Did they do a lot of good things right here leading up to this? Yes, they did. We're going to look at the good things that they did. The casting lots, we are going to ask the Lord about that one someday. And I'm almost, and you've got to understand, someone had to be, the, there had to be 12. They're going to, they're going to be judges. Some, it's important to have 12. There had to be 12. So they are doing their best to follow what God's told them to do. They pray on it. They seek the scriptures. And then they make a decision. Was it the right decision? I'm not going to say it's not, but I would say Paul is the guy.
and I'll leave it there. Father, bless the next few minutes that we have. We love you, we need you, and I pray that you would help us as we look at this passage tonight, that we could apply it to our lives and use it tonight and look at making wise decisions. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. How many of you want to make foolish decisions? How many of you want to look back at a decision you make in your life and be like, that was dumb, that was very foolish? How many of you like, now, we all do it, right? I've made some decisions like, that was not smart, Brian. And you've made decisions that are not smart. We all have. But no one likes to look back. We would like to make wise decisions. You know, we have kids, we have family, all these things. And uh, we want to make wise decisions. Where we spend our money. What we do, this and that. And so, what did they do here before they made the decision? I want to give you those thoughts tonight. We're going to move rather quickly. And I'm going to show you some thoughts at the very end. And then we'll be on our way home. Number one tonight, as we talk about this, obey what God tells you to do. If we look right away, Jesus told them to go back and wait for the Spirit. Isn't that what what Jesus told them to do? What do we see them do? Look at verse number 12 of our text here tonight. And verse 12 says, And they then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. They went back like Jesus told them to do. And they were told to wait for the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. So if we are going to make wise decisions, and if the disciples are going to make wise decisions, the first thing it comes down to is we need to obey what God tells us to do. That's a great, that's a wise thing to do, isn't it? If God says do something, do what God tells you to do. If he tells you to live the Christian life a certain way, live the Christian life the way that God tells you to do it. Do things God's way. Didn't we see this morning that Jesus is always right in what he says? That's what we saw this morning. As we look and we see these things, I want you to understand tonight that they started out, they just went back to where God told them to be. Obedience. Obey God. Hey, I've had many Christians come to me and say, Pastor, I haven't grown in my Christian life in a long time. And my question is, what did God tell you to do that you still haven't listened to? Go back to that spot. Do what God told you to do. And move forward. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, right? So when God tells us something and we don't do what God tells us to do, we're not going to grow. The problem is not God. The problem is not His Word. The problem is us and our obedience. Let me ask you tonight. If your children, you tell them to go empty the trash, and they don't listen and they do it tomorrow, they emptied the trash, is that obedience? No. If they do it later on tonight when you ask them to do it right now, is that obedience? That's delayed obedience. That's not obedience. Immediately, what they do when they saw Jesus go up and the angel said, why are you looking up? This same Jesus, he's coming again. And he's going to come back in like manner also. What did they do? They went back where he told them to go. They obeyed him. You know, tonight, some are seeking God's will. What am I supposed to do right now? How about you just obey what God tells you to do right now? Do you know the Bible is full of things? This is God's will for your life right now? I hear hear people tell me, Pastor, I just want to know God's will for my life. Well, do you do what God tells you is his will already? Start there. Obey what he tells you to do. The Bible gives us a lot of those, and I'm just going to give you a couple of them tonight as we continue on, but 1 Thessalonians 4, verse number 3, the Bible tells us, For this is the will of God, 
even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Okay, I'm not a rocket scientist, and neither are you in this room tonight. This is pretty simple. It is God's will, and part of your separation from this world is to abstain from fornication. Am I wrong on that statement? So that is God's will for his people to do. Say, Pastor, I want to know God's will for my life. Start by doing what he's already told you to do. Doesn't the Bible tell us in everything give thanks? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Hey, Pastor, I want to know God's will. Are you thanking him in everything that goes on? Obey what he's already showed you and move forward. Obey God. Do what he says. But pastor, I just want God to speak and to move in my life. Start by doing what he's already told you to do. There's many people in this room and in our church, we look around and we're just waiting, wanting God to do this and do that, but we're not willing to obey and do what he tells us to do. There are many Christians that never graduate those first steps in Christianity because they just won't simply get baptized the way that God wants them to get baptized. The first step of obedience to the Lord is water baptism. That's Bible. Say, well, pastor, I was sprinkled as a baby. I don't care. I'll sprinkle your baby too. It does nothing. I'll sprinkle you. I'll get a bottle of water and just launch it out tonight. It does nothing. Jesus, when he came up out of the water, in the, in the book of Acts, as we get further along, when they got saved, they, the gladiators, they were baptized. The unit came up out of the water. Baptism happened after salvation. So when it comes to the Lord and it comes to making wise decisions, it begins by obeying what God tells you to do. Just obey. We want our children to obey, but we just don't obey God and what he tells us to do. Obey him. If his word says it, do it. He tells you in his word to go to church. I'd obey him. He tells you in his word to witness. I'd obey him. He tells you to bring your ties to the storehouse, doesn't he? Ooh, did I say that tonight? I would obey him. I would. That's where it all begins. You want to make wise decisions in life? It begins by obeying and doing what God tells you to do. Pastor, I don't know if I like that. You don't like it because you don't obey. Our children don't like it when we get after them for not obeying either. The ones that don't mind hearing things like this are the ones who obey. So if you start obeying, you can like it too. Smile a little bit. It's okay. Relax. Like I thought we were going to be in the book. Of, we're in the book of Acts, aren't we? They went back and they obeyed and went where Jesus told them to. Simple obedience. We need that today. Look at what it says. So they obeyed and they went back. Now look at what they did. Look at verse 13. And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room. There's that upper room again. Where both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his 
disciples. Do you see that right there? What did they do? They start out by obeying what God told them to do. And number two, they just continued in prayer. You know, do you remember something as we've gone through the book of Mark? Were the disciples always in one accord with Jesus? They, weren't they arguing about who the greatest was going to be? Or even as we looked at this morning, Jesus said, you're all going to be offended by me. Not us! We're not going to... They weren't in one accord. But now Jesus has risen from the dead. They're gathered together. And what are they doing? They're in one accord, in one place, praying to God. Do you see that there? They're in that upper room. Mary Magdalene, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, Salome, as we've seen in the scriptures. There were many women there as well. We see that the brothers of Jesus were there. His brethren were there at this time. And we see the fact that they were all in one accord. Say, what do you mean they were all in one accord? They didn't all have Hondas. <laughs> some of you got that and some of you, yeah. <laughs> that was a little funny, a Honda Accord. Okay, anyways. You could have a biblical car if you have a Honda Accord. This doesn't mean that everything that they did was the same. It means they were united on their mission for God. You know what could happen in this church if God's people could all get united together? If we could help our pastor and do God's work, all of us? Yeah. You know what could happen? You'd be amazed what could happen. We have a mission. It's right there on the wall. Our mission is to exalt Jesus Christ, to edify the saints, and to evangelize the lost. Say, well, that's my mission. When's the last time you told someone about Jesus? When's the last time you did anything to edify or build up another fellow believer in Jesus Christ? Most of us, it's not our mission. Let's be honest tonight. Do you know what God could do in a church where we're all in one accord? focused on the mission God could do great things I hope one of these days that, that actually happens so we could see God do some great things around here they were all in one accord you know the Bible talks about in Psalm 133 verse number 1 behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity it's a good thing it's a blessing it'd be a great thing to be able to be said of our church we go forward we see they were continued with one accord but what were they doing they were praying do you see that there and bring their supplications to god while they waited on god and waited for the holy spirit as jesus told them to and as they obeyed we see that they continued in prayer they knew that if they were going to make wise decisions and do what was right they needed to obey what god told them to do and they needed to pray powerful stuff right there if we'd let that sink in third thing that we see tonight and there's some verses there in your notes that i'm skipping over tonight but read those there's a reason why i put them in the notes there so you can have those the third thing is if we're gonna make wise decisions we gotta stay in the bible and in the scriptures i love this i love the denier i love the one who said not me lord i would never deny you and three times before the cock crowed twice he did but who's the guy standing up here in verse 15, I love this. 
And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 100, 120 turned the world upside down in one accord, in one place, in prayer and obedience to God. God could do it again. God could do it in our city tonight. He could. But look at what he says. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs be fulfilled, which was which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. As we look and we see those verses, we see that this group making wise decisions, what needed to happen, they started out by obeying and doing what God told them to do. Then while they were where God wanted them to be, they spent time in prayer and supplicating in one accord. And then we see they stayed with the scriptures. Peter gets up in this group of 120 and says, Hey guys, this scripture's been fulfilled before our very eyes. Judas, as David in the Psalms talked about what was going to take place, and David in the Psalms was talking about Ahithophel and what Ahithophel did to him and kind of turned his back on him and all these things. But you got to understand it was a foreshadowing of what Judas would do to Jesus. It's how those things all tie together. Ahithophel hung himself. Did you know that? That's where these things tie together. But you got to understand that what did, what did Peter do? He went to the scriptures. Hey, this evening as you look at your life and you look at what you're going to be doing and you're looking at moving forward, stick with the scriptures. Stay in God's word. I mentioned to the young people today at, at our teen hour that we had, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, get in God's word. And this is the thing you say, Pastor, you've been saying that for almost 11 years now. And I'll keep saying it till I'm dead. And maybe on my tombstone, you can have those words, read the Bible, read the Bible, on a motion sensor to keep saying anytime someone walks by my tomb. That's a great idea. If I go before you, you put the gospel on there, and you, have, and you, you, you can get someone to use technology. I want the gospel on there, I want the gospel message, and I want read the Bible. And it motion sensor, so then that way, whoever walks by my tomb can be scared to death. Be like, where are you going to go when you die? That's a great way to start it. I'm going to record it and I'll have it somewhere, so in case that day ever comes, we'll be ready. That's a great idea. That's what I want. What do you want on your tombstone? No, let's stop. Read the Bible. You say, why do you keep mentioning it? Because a lot of you in this room tonight didn't read it one time this last week. The first time you picked it up was, oh, where's my Bible? It's time to go to church. I know, you have it on your phone and everything else. Did you read your Bible this week? You're going to go nowhere in the Christian life without God's Word. You will go nowhere. You will never be the Christian God meant you to be if you don't get time in God's Word. But I've been reading it a long time. I've been reading it a long time, too, and I'm learning more and more each and every day that I spend time in God's Word. You will never regret reading God's Word. You never will. Russ, we kind of regret going to that game the other night when they lost, huh? You're not going to regret reading God's Word for three hours, but you might regret going to a baseball game where your team loses after they had a lead. It was still fun. I enjoyed going with your sons and you. Man, you talk about go with the Becker clan somewhere. That's an experience right there. I could give some stories right there, and for a while I was right between the two sons, and then the one, some, and then Russ came in there. I, I was... 
I had a little too much. I had to go home and pray for a while to get the Becker out of me. That No, I'm just kidding. I had a great time with them, and they have a great family, and I enjoyed that. But you got to understand, Peter went to the Bible. Hey, these things have happened. We have to move forward. There's got to be another apostle. Remember, they're going to be judges. God's going to use them in a great way. There had to be God called 12. One has fallen away. We've got to fill the spot. And what I see about this group of men and this group of people was the fact that they obeyed what God told them to do. We see, secondly, that they prayed and they went to the Lord in supplication. And then we see the fact that they stayed in the Scriptures. They let the Scriptures guide them. And then we see number four, and we're not quite done, but trust God to make a way. Now, I know we look here, and I don't know, I think, I, I, that's, that's a tough one. I, I don't like, I don't, there are a lot of preachers that can get up and just say what they want to say and really not know what they're talking about when they do it. I do not know if casting lots was the right thing to do here. But this I do know. This is what I do know. I do know that they obeyed God. I do know that they prayed and supplicated with God. And I know they went to the scriptures. My personal belief is God needed to use Paul to get the church to spread out. And while that time took time, God used Matthias in that spot to fill it in till Paul came. Was it right? Was it wrong? To me, they did right in how they did this. I tend to think they did right. Maybe not on God's timing. There's lots, I don't even know where to go with those thoughts. But we got to trust him. The person I was talking to a few weeks ago about, go about God's will, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. They made a choice. The lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. How many times after this do we hear the name Matthias mentioned? You don't hear his name mentioned again. It's tough to know all the answers to it as the kids are marching around Jericho right now or something in that room. I think they're marching around Jericho. Put a spiritual spin on it. They're probably stepping on stuff. Who knows what they're doing? Marching in place. But I do know this. They obeyed God and they were in the right place. They were in one accord. They were praying. They were seeking God and they went to the scriptures. And they were trying to trust God for this decision. Each and every one of us has decisions that we make each and every day. For sake of time, I'm going to just give you this list in your notes there. And if you didn't get a set of notes tonight, I would encourage you to grab a set of notes. You don't need to fill in all the blanks, but I would encourage you to take the list of things here on making wise decisions. And I'm sure that this has been passed around to many people. That you, probably, you might already know it. You might already use it. But here's some things. What does the Bible say? When you have a decision to make, what does the Bible say? Does the Bible say anything about it? 
You're like, well, the Bible doesn't say if I should, what shirt I should wear. Well, technically, in the Old Testament, it talks about not mixing different fabrics together. No, don't, don't worry about that one. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just teasing with you there, okay? But what does the Bible say? If you're making a decision, and, you know, like, uh, I'll give you an example. People make decisions all the time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move away because California, okay, that might be a good decision in your head. But let me ask you a question. Do you have a church already in the town that you're going to? Have you thought that far ahead? I'll find it when I get there. There's no way, no way, even where the devil lives, that I'd ever go to a city without a church. If I'm going to move somewhere, let me give you some thoughts here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to that city and I'm going to visit the churches in the city. And if I can find a church that I'd be willing to have my family in, I'd consider moving to that city. That would be, you say, well, what about a job? You can find jobs. Man, you can almost work it in and out and make a living nowadays. <laughs> Just about Del Taco, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I said it. <laughs> and uh, if you want to go visit Carla ever, go to, the, go to the Del Taco on Riverside Drive right up there. And so I'm, I need to know one of these days if they ever have you work the counter so that way I can order a Whopper and get mad when you're not giving me a Whopper. <laughs> And just give a hard time. I'll drive up in a car you don't recognize, and I just want to give you a hard time for the hard times you've given me every once in a while. But anyways, as we look at this and we think about it, I would be that would matter to me. Church. You can find a job, but you, is it worth losing your kids to save a few bucks on rent? Now, if it's God's will, do it. What does the Bible say? Number two. I'm going to run through these quick. Have I persisted in prayer? I would not make a major life decision without spending hours in prayer. I would not. I would not. Say, but I have to know today. Really? Well, we're all hasty, and it's got to be known today. You know something I never do, and my dad taught me this? I never buy a car the same day I see it. I take time to think on it. You know, at the car dealership, they want you to take it right then. Because someone's going to take it. No, if it's meant to be, he'll probably still be there tomorrow. And every time the car I wanted, it was still there the next day if I, ever, if I wanted it. But have you sought the Lord in prayer? Pastor, I've got this major life decision. This is what I'm going to do. Have you prayed about it? Oh, no. If you don't think to pray, you're, gonna, you're in big trouble. Number three, do I have all the facts? Weigh the pros and the cons. My pastor taught me that one. My pastor, I just talked to him the other day. We were on the phone together, and... He, um, he was talking about someone else. We were talking about a family member of mine. And he's like, you know, people, so, you know me well. I've never told anyone what to do with their life. I said, I know. I said, all you do is tell them to weigh the pros and the cons. And he just laughed because that's what he does. What do you tell me? It's amazing. What do I tell people when they ask me about something that they're going to do? I never tell them what to do. I say, make a list of the positive things and the negative things and pray on it and seek God and figure it out. How about this one, number four? What are my motives? There's Bible for each of these. I hope you take this. I would take this little list, and uh, I, I hate it's on two pages there. Next week, I will have it on a single page of paper for you by itself. I would encourage you to keep it, let your kids have it. I think it would be a great thing just to keep on making wise decisions. Are my, what are my motives? Number five, what do wise people think? The Bible talks about he that walks with wise men shall be wise, right? And the multitude of counselor, their safety, right? The Bible says. What do wise people think? 
Number six, how is my past affecting me and my decisions? That's a big one. That's a good one right there. Number seven, how will this affect my integrity and will it jeopardize my witness? Number eight, how will this decision enable me to revere and draw near to God? Number nine, what next steps does the Lord want me to take? And then number ten, have I surrendered to the Lord? We can sing the song, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. But Lord, it's my life, I'll do what I want to do. Lord, I surrender. You want me where you want me, I will be. I'll serve where you want me to serve. I think this is a good list for anyone making any decisions. And if you say, I don't like lists and they're too long, then two verses will help you out. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all your ways, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. He's going to direct your path.